Last week, I wasn't here. Right? I'm here today. Everybody there, right? And I heard I had a good replacement in Brother Drew. <laughs> Brother Drew. Or Dr. Drew. Right? You like, like Doctor or Brother Drew? Sorry. I'm still used to having a headset. I guess, you know, we need to get back upstairs really quickly, I guess. But anyway. We had Dr. Drew last week, right? Brother Drew? He was pretty good, right? What did he talk about last week? Forgiveness. Let it go, right? That's what we continue on. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Frozen, right? I can't sing, so I'm not going to kill it. But, yeah. If you ever listen to Let It Go, the song from Frozen, it's completely different than the message we're trying to teach you. But it's a good song, right? How many of y'all like the song? It's a good song. Yeah, I admit, I like it. How many of y'all watch Frozen? Anyone watch Frozen? Who enjoyed Frozen? Who thought it was like the best thing since The Lion King? Who watched Lion No, I, I didn't say it's better than Lion King, you know? But, anyway, we're going to continue talking about let it go, talking about forgiveness. And if you remember, I want you to think for a second in your mind. Think of the hardest thing that you've ever had to forgive someone for. Has there ever been something that you feel like is very unforgivable? That you feel like you could never forgive that person for? Anyone ever been there? You ever felt like you could not forgive that person at all? Anyone, anyone been there before? Anyone? Anyone brave to say they felt like they couldn't forgive that person at all? Well, tonight we want to look at a story where you would probably say, in our human thinking, that is unforgivable. Like, how can you forgive somebody after what they did to you? And tonight, we're going to look at a familiar story, a familiar person. But we're going to have to go, um, you know, we can't look at the whole story because that's just not going to work because we don't have that much time. Unless you all want me to go through about eight chapters of the Bible tonight. How many of you all would like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you all would love that, right? I'm going to read from verse to verse the whole eight chapters of the story. How many of you all would love that? Yeah! No one. I know, no one. Uh... Anyway, guys, I don't think this is working again. I just need to keep it on. It's gone off, so I'm going to need your help with the slides. So, tonight, let it go. If we go to the next slide. Little brother. Who do you think I'm talking about by just the title, little brother? The brother that was, who said it? Joseph. We know the story of Joseph, and we're going to get a little bit deeper into that. But in this introduction, we just want to look at this. Are you pretty terrible at waiting for things? How many of you are pretty terrible at waiting for things? You know, you can't wait. You know, it's that thing that you just can't wait for. You know, we can't wait for Christmas. We can't wait for that birthday to get a special gift. What's that? <laughs> Wi-Fi? Oh. Yeah, you can't wait for internet. Yeah, everyone wants the internet, right? Essentially, in most of life, once a decision is made about something, the effects aren't immediate. Usually there's a process involved. And we're going to look at tonight, as we look at Joseph, we're going to see exactly the process of what Joseph had to wait for. It's just like me and you. If somebody harms us, what is our first reaction? I hope they get something back. I hope something that really goes wrong with them. I hope something, someone pays them back by what they did. Again, if we go to the next slide. The past couple of weeks we have been talking about forgiveness. But maybe you found yourself deciding to forgive only to discover 
It isn't as simple as you thought it would be. So what do you do when you forgave, only to feel like nothing is any different? How many of you ever forgave somebody and you felt like nothing ever happened in that relationship? You said, I forgive you, but then you just realized, you know what, in the back of the mind, it's just never over. We've all been there, right? You know, when we think of Jesus, it's something different, and there's many things that are different between humans and Jesus. But this is one thing that's completely different. As humans, we can forgive. But there's one thing that humans will never do, is forget. Jesus forgives and forgets. You see, for many of us in this room, I could tell you I forgive you. But the minute you cross by my path again, and you hurt me again, I'm going to say, remember that time? You see, it's, it all comes back. Anyone ever been down that road before? Where you forgave somebody, and the minute something else happened, you, everything came back in your mind, which you forgave that person for. Been there, done that, right? You know, it's like you, you can remember everything. Like, there's no different. Everything just happened. We've been there. What do we do? How do we move past the pain? The question is, how do we heal? You see, it's easy, and, and, and forgiveness is just an event. But healing is a process. Healing it takes a little bit of time. Healing takes a little time to, to ponder and to, to really forgive that person and to really get that relationship. Let's be real in this room t- tonight. If Jody, because Jody would never do it to me, and I'm going to pick on Jody, if Jody did something to get me mad, because Jody's always smiling, you know. Jody's just, you know, she's always happy and everything. But if Jody did something to hurt me, and I forgave Jody, but our relationship would not be the same right away. We would have to go through a process to get the relationship back to where it was. That's how friendships are. That's how relationships are. If forgiveness is just the one-time event. I forgive you. But we got to get to the healing process. How many of you have ever forgave someone and you just realized, you know what, our relationship is not never going to be the same? You forgive that person, but you said, you know what? It's never going to get the same. It's because the healing process, you didn't go through it as, as it should. The healing process didn't go the way that it, was, it should have gone. Next slide. So the main point tonight is this. Healing means I trust God can make my life, not just my pain, a demonstration of His goodness. Healing means I trust God that He can make my life not just my pain, a demonstration of his goodness. In everything, as we just sang, Jesus paid it all. He can make everything go away. He can make every problem go away. And everything that we go through in life is not a mistake. It's for his purpose, his goodness, his glory. You see, nothing in life that I go through has nothing to do for myself. Even in times when we do have relational problems, God still gets the glory when those relationships are mended. And we can look back and say, you know what? I've seen God in that. Which brings us to Joseph. And I wanted to start and just read the first verse, because of, uh, not the first verse, but 
In Genesis 37.3, this is where the story kind of starts. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. I want to paint this picture for you for a second. How many of y'all are the baby in the family? How many of y'all are like the oldest child? How many of y'all are the middle child? So we have all sets in this room. How many of you older and middle children feel that the youngest child is the favorite? <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. I'm the baby in my family too. I always tell my mommy I'm the favorite. And she never denies it. She never says no. She never changes it. So I'm, always, I'm the baby. So when you see my mom, anyone know my mom, just say, I heard Nicholas is the favorite child. She'll probably just laugh and smile and don't tell you that's not true. But anyway... Here it is, this is the picture, and Joseph was not just the youngest, he was the second youngest. Who was the youngest of all of the 12 children? Benjamin. But what do we know about Joseph and Benjamin? Who was the mother? Rachel. Was it Rachel? I'm right, right Rachel? And she was the favorite what? Now see, this is, this is going to be explicit right now, okay? She was the favorite wife. Meaning that he had more than one. Anyway, we're not going to go down that road. We're not here to discuss that. All right? We're not here to discuss that. We're talking about purity next week. The winter retreat. So please come out to that. But here it is. Rachel was his favorite wife. So there were the two children, Joseph and Benjamin. I want you to imagine for a second you were one of 12 children. And your father came along and said, you know what? I'm going to give you this special coat. Not just any coat, the coat of many colors. And I don't know how many of you have ever seen Joseph and Tentacle, a dream coat on Broadway or just seen a play of it. You know, the song just playing in my mind, just looking at the whole thing play through in my mind and just see how the brothers probably looked at Joseph when he came out with this coat. They probably wasn't, as we could see in scripture, they weren't happy. Let's be real. How many would be happy if you did not get a coat and your brother or sister got the coat? You would be happy? All right, no one would be happy with that. They would be mad, jealous, upset. We even know the story of Joseph. They were ready to what? Kill him. They were ready to kill him. They were ready to say, you know what? <laughs> Let's set up a plan. Let's get some blood. Get this coat. And let's make it look like he got killed. We'll just tell dad, you know what? An animal came at him and killed him and... Anyway, but one of the sons, Reuben, the oldest son, said, you know what, I guess he had a conscience and thought, you know what, that's not good. We, we better not do that. And they saw some guys coming by and said, why we just don't sell him into slavery? Reuben put him in the hole, right. And the rest of them went, yeah, see, you're telling me out. But Reuben was the one that said, you know what, we're going to put him in the hole because we don't want to kill him. Because we, I, I know what. As the oldest son, he was probably thinking to himself, I don't want to get blamed. How many of the oldest children here get blamed when the youngest child gets hurt or something? You want to get blamed, right? That's probably what he was thinking in the back of his mind. I'm going to get blamed for this. So let's not kill him because dad ain't going to probably punish none of you all. He's going to punish me. But here it is. They saw these guys going by and saying, you know what? Let's just sell him into slavery. And they probably thought in the back of their minds... 
Guess what? He's gone. We ain't got to worry about Joseph never again. He's gone. And we know the life of Joseph. Joseph gets sold into slavery, gets locked up in the prison. What happens when he's in prison? Uh, well, uh, first of all, what happened because he went to prison? What happened? Somebody came on to him. Who came on to him? Part of his wife. Beautiful woman. The Bible even said that it was a beautiful woman. I mean, here it is. She had his cloak, everything in hand. Bam. Naked fella running out. Think about it for a second. I mean, he could have had it, you know? He had a queen right there. He could have done whatever he wanted. But no, he was a man after God. He wanted to pursue God. Purity. So he ran. Gone. But then what happens? She lies on him. Yeah, your servant who you put in charge, he's trying, he was trying to get with me. And I'm going to call some making part is up. This isn't the exact word. This is like Bahamian slang. He was trying to get with me. You know? And here it is. After all this, he gets locked up. Probably the last we all thought we'd see of Joseph. He's locked up in prison. That's it for him. But no, what happens? Hey, what happened? He interpreted dreams. The only person who could interpret the dreams of these two men. Then later on, what happens? The king had the dream. Right? And then he has to interpret that. Now he gets released. Then he goes back on top again and he's in charge again. So here it is after all this process. I'm probably thinking even his brothers, his dad, you know, we, in all this whole process, they probably thought, you know what, we've seen the last of Joseph. But then, eight chapters later, we get Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him and Joseph made himself known to his brothers. We know in the process right before this, Joseph actually sent them all back. He knew who they were. He knew every single thing about them. He knew, I mean, he hadn't seen them for years, but he knew that was his brothers. He said, and he sent them back, said, go, I want you to go back. Joseph could have easily thought to himself, you know what, brothers? <laughs> you wanted to sell me into slavery? Look at where I am now. Here it is, you come and looking for food. I could just, <laughs> this is just fun for me. I could do so much to you right now and get redemption and get revenge on you. But Joseph didn't think that way. Joseph didn't think like many of us would think what we would do. Joseph did the complete opposite. Joseph cried, humbled himself and said, you know what? I understand what you did. But God had a better reason. And it goes on and says this. And when he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it, and Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold in Egypt. I could imagine right now being Joseph. Seeing my brothers, those who sold me into slavery, didn't even at one time ploy to kill me. But I can't imagine crying. 
and being like, you know what? I want to help you. I'm concerned about you. In fact, where's my dad? Is my dad still alive? Is he, is he still living? After Joseph being so prominent, being one of the top people right now, and, and, and here it is, the famine's getting ready to happen. He could have easily said, you know what? I want you all to suffer. I want you all to suffer. Suffer for what you all did to me. But no. Joseph helped him out as much as he could. Even told him to come live with him. How many of us would do that? You would do it, Kevin? <laughs> How many of us would be that forgiving? What would be some reactions of you if you knew what your brothers tried to do to you, or sisters, what would you do to them if you were Joseph? What would be your reaction? Let's hear some Bahamian reaction here. Let's hear some, you know, let's make it clean. Keep it clean, though. What would you do, Peter? Get stabbed. Okay, that's a real, you know, at least they joke him. Anyone else? What would you do? Hmm? Throw them in jail and laugh at them. Throw away the key and lock them up. Yeah, see, in all of our minds, but we would not be like Joseph. That's the response that I'm getting. But Joseph showed forgiveness. Joseph showed true forgiveness and a healing process. That even though he went through all of that, he realized that God had a purpose for it all. And he even says that in, in this chapter, talking about that you know what? God had a reason. God had a purpose for it. And for me and you, we need to recognize that. And we need to think of all the different trials that come in our lives. All the relationship problems that we have. And recognize that, you know what? God has a reason for it. The question is, how are we going to respond to it? Are we going to forgive? Or are we going to start, we start out in this series, hold a grudge? You know what? I've forgiven you. But nothing. I made a question. What if Jesus said that to us? What if Jesus said, you know what? I'm not going to forgive you. You see, that's why the last song we sang, I love the little tag, the bridge, whatever you call it. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt that raised this life up from the dead. Because you know what? I can't do that on my own. Just like I can't forgive someone on my own, I need Jesus' help to do that. I need Jesus to help me to forgive someone. Forgiveness is not something that me and you desire to do on our own. Our desire, again, is to get revenge. Our desire, again, is to make someone look bad. Our desire is definitely not what Joseph did. So the question for us as we think of this series and we conclude this series, 
is this. Are you ready to forgive someone? I want you to think of somebody right now who you need to forgive. Someone you may be having a problem with, and we've been looking at this for the last three weeks. And I want you to think, is that problem really that big? Is that situation that we're going through really called for all of this harm to us? All the stress? All the problems? We talked about it in the first week, talking about a grudge. And talk about bitterness. I don't know if you've ever experienced bitterness, but bitterness will eat you alive. And bitterness doesn't help no one. When you hold a grudge, it just eats you up. It eats you up more than the person who you hold a grudge with. So the question again is, how do we apply this? Well, first of all, healing from forgiveness is choosing to give our hurt the right kind of perspective, not the whole picture. So how do you make amends? How do you heal and, just, and not just cope? Keep on forgiving. Keep on forgiving. I don't know if, if um, last week, um, I don't know if Drew dealt with the verse, but it talked about with Peter and asking about forgiveness. How many times are we supposed to forgive? 70 times 7. It does not mean 490 times. See, I'm good at math. Y'all saw that? Y'all trying to see if I'm right, eh? 490 times. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that, okay, I forgave Nathan today. I'm going to strike that one down. I forgave Drew today. Strike that one down. Oh, I only can forgive them this may No. It keeps on forgiving. Because just like, just like we need to forgive other people, they need to forgive us. Because we have a problem too, and that problem is sin. And until we realize that, until we get that point, we're going to continue to hurt people. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm not, um, I've been on many trips with youth. And I'm going to be honest with you, almost every trip that I've ever been on has always been to a point where I'm just ready to lash out at them. Because they've just gotten up to my neck and I'm tired and I just want to, and I say something, I didn't do nothing in, I didn't do nothing in the last trip, but I just say something and I realize I shouldn't have said that. And I'll just call the group together and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Sorry for what I said. You know, please forgive me. Because you know what you realize? You realize that sometimes, especially when you get mad at somebody, it's because you're not really mad at that person. But you're mad at somebody else and you just haven't dealt with it. That you just lash out on these other people. Forgiveness is something that you must do. Because if you don't forgive, it's just going to eat you up. It's going to hurt you. Forgiveness is an event, but a healing process. Not an event, but a healing process. Decide every day you are going to let it go. Pray about it. Ask God to help you to trust Him and somehow see the bigger picture. You see, again, as we see the problem in the front of us, in our minds we think, you know what? How am I going to forgive you? Joseph saw the problem right in the front of him. Saw his brothers right there, the people that sold him into slavery, wanting to kill him. Could have done all the things that we said we'd want to do. But what did he do? Loved them. Gave them food. Gave them somewhere to live. Nothing that we would even think about doing. Most of the time, what do we think? 
If you see someone fall, what you gonna do? Kick them out of. You can help them up. You're ready, down. I can kick you down even harder. That's not what Joseph did. Joseph wanted to help them. Last slide. If it hasn't happened already, there will come a time when you are going to be hurt. And for the sake of your future, you need God to have more control and more credit than give you your hurt. And to do that, you need to forgive. Not just once. Not just twice. But consistently. You see, forgiveness, is a pro- forgiveness happens all the time. Forgiveness, especially as, as I think of me and my wife. We have to forgive one another. We get on each other's nerves at times. I probably get on my wife's nerves more than she gets on mine. She has to forgive me. I have to forgive her. Any relationship is like that. Let me just tell you that. Think of your friendships for a second. How many fights do you have in a day with especially girls? Girls have more fights than guys. And they fight over the most pettiest things in the world. Y'all know I lying, right? I lying. I lie, right? I mean, they just fight over the like, most frivolous things. But guess what? That's why forgiveness is a consistent thing. We have to learn to forgive one another. Especially in any type of relationship. Whether it be a husband and wife. Whether it be a friendship. You see, whether you believe it or not, you're going to hurt your friend at some point. They're going to hurt you. And that's where forgiveness comes in. It has to be consistent. Think of forgiveness for a second. Think of what Christ did for us. He forgave us of all that we did. He forgave and forgot. He paid it all for our sins. And for me and you as believers, as Christians, as those who call ourselves followers of Christ, we are to be like Him and forgive. The question is, how are you doing with forgiveness? Forgiveness is not an easy thing. Forgiveness is hard. That's why you need Jesus to help you with forgiveness. And I challenge you, again, if there's someone you need to forgive or a relationship that you need to get right, get it right. Because guess what? You're only hurting yourself. The bitterness, the anger, everything that's... You, it affects all everything else, all your relationships. Because I could tell you from experience. And there's been many times that I've had to ask my wife for forgiveness because I've just lashed out at her and I had nothing, my problem had nothing to do with her. But she was just there and she's the person who I don't feel like I could lash out at, no. But she's the person who I can talk to. You know, again. Let us forgive as Christ forgave us. And if we did that, our relationships would be so much better and this world would be a better place. Just think of our country for a second. Why do you think these, argue, why do you think these murders happen? Probably over little things. People don't want to forgive. But yet, because of one person doesn't want to forgive, we live in a country that we have to be scared. We've got to be worried. But there's one that can forgive all of us, and that is Christ. Please, 
get relationships right and ask God to help you to forgive that person who you may have offended or you may be holding a grudge with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I pray that you would just continue to be on in our lives. Pray that you would help us just to just to seek after you and forgive. Forgive those who may have hurt us. Help us just to allow your spirit to continue just to show us that person that we need to forgive. Show us the person that we need help forgiving. And I pray that you would humble us, each one of us, to recognize that we are human beings. We hurt people. We say things to people. We do all, thing, all sorts of things to cause problems in a relationship. And I pray that you would help us just to search our hearts and that we would become more like you and help us to seek after you. And I just thank you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.